Christian Guzman, Lewis Morgan, Ben Francis, and even Phil Knight, and potentially even you. What do all of these people have in common? Well, for one, they're all able to build a multi-multi-million dollar sportswear brands off of the back of identifying a unique need in the market. And through hard work, grit, determination, time, and patience, they're able to build these multi-million dollar brands and affect the lives of millions of people. In this episode, I'll be giving you guys my definitive guide from start to finish. My build a sportswear brand from scratch. I'll take you through everything from how to think about the problem that you want to solve, how to identify the niche in the market, how to create your customer avatar, and all marketing tools that you should be using in order to reach your desired audience. So why should you listen to me? Well, for starters, I've been working in the sportswear industry for the last seven years. I've helped thousands of brands with my design agency, Fit Design, to design, develop, produce, and market successful clothing brands. I've worked with brands like Alphalete, Able, and ultimately, I've been able to create time and time again a successful and winning strategy to get brands from zero to over 10 to $20 million in sales by following this framework. If you watch this episode, I'm going to run you through the same framework that I use with the top brands, and I'll run you through everything as I can from scratch. Most people think that the first logical step behind building any brand is to create a brand identity. And sure, that may be the way to go for some people, but based on my experience, the way that I always recommend client brands to go is identify a problem in the market. What problem are you trying to solve? That problem is going to inform your customer avatar, which is then going to lead to which niche in the industry that you want to be involved in. Look at sportswear as a large pool and you need to select which section of the pool you want to be involved in. By knowing which section of this pool, you'll be able to concentrate your resources and your efforts towards standing out from the crowd. By having this niche, you're able to stand up. You're also able to create a unique portion of the pie for you and you're able to concentrate your efforts. So number one is going to be identify a need in the market. What do people need? For example, if you look at a brand like 2XU, which is a predominantly compression gear focused brand. Probably what they noticed is the market was lacking high compression athletic gear for athletes for training purposes, for recovery purposes, and they noticed that this was going to be their sole effort. So they identified the problem in the market. They looked at what was needed in order to satisfy that problem. Then they're able to move on to the next step. Number two, now that you have your problem, you need to go ahead and actively create your customer avatar. By doing this, you actually understand from a deeper point of view who your customer is going to be, who's going to be purchasing for you. Because by understanding your customer, you're able to make a ton of educated decisions over what products to create, what your brand should look like. And when you look at your customer avatar, you should be looking at things like demographics. What gender is your customer going to be? What area of the world do they live in? How old are they going to be? Look at the psychographics. What are the virtues? What are the values? What are the unique personality traits of the type of people that you're going to be wanting to sell to? Look at their pain points. If you were to put your mind or yourself in this person's shoes, what are some common and pressing pain points that they face on a day-to-day -day basis? And how can your business solve that? What are their motivations? What is going to lead them to want to buy from you? By understanding the first three points, you're going to be able to understand the motivations of your customers even better. Five, you're going to want to look at the channels by which they're purchasing. If you tend to have an older demographic of audience, these customers are going to be more present on Facebook. If you have a younger demographic of audience, may want to be creating more content on TikTok, on Instagram Reels, then you want to look at what types of people you want to align your brand to. 
So who are the influencers that may actually represent your brand in the best possible light? Seven, what are the common objectives that all of your customers face? For example, if all of your customers are invested in their spiritual practices, this could be a unique avenue by which you can actually capitalize and reach your audience and engage your audience. Now that we've created our customer avatar, it's time to go ahead and create our full brand set. What does it mean to create a full brand set? Most people look at a brand set as just a logo. And sure, that is a core part of any successful brand, but you have your wordmark. What types of colors are relevant to your brand? What is the typography that is going to be more relevant to your brand? What is the aesthetic? Is your brand loud? Is it vibrant? Is it calm? Is it neutral? So you need to be able to answer these decisions and you do this in your branding identity. When it comes to designing a logo, the first thing that I would say is lay everything out in front of you. Lay out your custom avatar, lay out the niche that you're in, look at competing brands and competing companies in your space and look at how their logos are based. Sportswear logos tend to be more minimalistic in their approach. The best logos are the logos that are the most memorable. These tend to be simpler logos, logos that are instantly recognizable. Just look at a brand like Gymshark, Alphalete, Key, Adidas, Puma. All of these brands have a simplistic approach to how their logos are portrayed. And when you close your eyes, you can envision these logos actively time and time again. So they leave a lasting impression. Also, from a printing standpoint, having a simpler logo allows your logo to be scaled up, scaled down without any fear of that logo wearing away over time because you have smaller parts of the logo that may peel off. Some of the tools that I like to use when it comes to designing a logo. You have a slew of traditional design tools like Procreate, Adobe Illustrator, Canva that all will allow you to create basic logos. You can also use some AI-based tools to actually create new concepts for you that are based off of prompts. Midjourney is a great example. Once you have your logo, my recommendation is sketch it out, take it into a vectorization software. You want to be able to vectorize it as opposed to keeping it as a PNG or as a bitmap. The core difference between a bitmap and a vector is that you can infinitely scale a vector. And especially when you're working as part of a brand set, you want to be able to infinitely scale that vector so that you don't have any loss of resolution. And the best tool to do this is going to be using the pen tool or the shape builder tool on Adobe Illustrator. And then from there, create a wordmark that matches. Obviously, your wordmark is going to be heavily reliant on the overall brand aesthetic. The type of typography that you may want to select, and there's plenty of different typefaces that you can choose from. The two core families that you want to know are serif and sans serif. Serif tends to be more of that classical looking type style that you might be used to. And sans serif tends to be more of that modern, bold, and aggressive type style that you may be used to. From there, you have your icon, you have your wordmark. It's time to go ahead and create your color palette. Select a color palette of around four to five colors that actively engages your audience and makes sense for the specific industry that you're in. Let's use two varying types of niches within the sports space. On the one hand, we have our eco-friendly yoga-based fitness studio. And on the other hand, we have our high-performance compression gear-based brand. This brand is going to have a more subtle and more soothing and more calming color palette versus the compression gear brand that's going to have a more high impact, dynamic color palette and color scheme. So be mindful of which niche in the industry and match your aesthetic to go for that. From there, you're able to create your packaging set. Core packaging items that I recommend for any fashion brand starting off, you're gonna need a hang tag, a printed neck tag, a polymeter design, a product sleeve design, and potentially if you're going to get into inventory management, you're going to need a SKU sticker. This is a great place to start because designing the packaging is going to be a natural extension of this brand. Take these items and they create a full brand book. Why do you want to have a brand book? Have a basic brand book that gives your wordmark, your icon, 
your overall grid for both of these items, give your logo rules. So where and how and how not to use your logo. Also bear in mind that your typeface will need different options of these typefaces for use on social media when creating content, for use on your website. And then lastly, you want to include basic social media icons. Look at how your brand is being represented on the various different platforms that you're going to be on. So if you're going to be on Instagram, how does your Instagram profile picture look like? If you're YouTube, your banner, your actual profile picture, how does that look like? All this stuff can be decided on in your initial brand book. I'm going into detail because I believe that a well-structured brand also maintains consistency across the board in all areas of the business. Number four, now it's time to decide on your minimum viable product. And this is a Fit Design original. When I consult with all of my clients, I always tell them, if you're going to get into this, you need to decide on what your minimum viable product is. What is the most basic execution of this project that you are willing to accept? Anything less than this, you are not willing to go through with it. I'll give you guys a very clear scenario. Most people come and they have these lofty expectations for the brands that they want to build. They want to build thousands of pieces. They want to create all the packaging items. They want to have the best operating website with all the gimmicks in it. They want to have all of these pop-up shops. They want to have all of these crazy marketing tools before they launch and they don't budget for them accordingly. So they have a set amount of money that they just have saved up or they have as a loan and they go into the business without any establishment of what their minimum viable product is and they find themselves two, three, four, five months down the line with not enough cash in order to properly execute the vision that they had in their mind. This is because of poor planning on their part. So step back, establish ahead of time. What is your minimum viable product? With my brand Spectre, I knew that in order for me to properly execute my vision, I needed to have a collection with at least 12 pieces. I needed to have access to functional fabrics. I needed to be able to create customized packaging across the board to have an initial photography and videography campaign. This allowed me to create a workflow of what this brand was going to take in order to execute it at the level that I wanted to. By using these different map points, I was able to accurately create a budget or to make sure that the budget was able to fulfill on what my minimum viable product needed to be. Next up, it's time to budget. Before you go ahead and do anything with design, production, any execution, you need to be on point with how much money you're actually able to spend on this business. So tally up all of your overall costs, and these should be your design and development costs, what it's going to cost you to create the products, to create the tech packs from a production standpoint. What is it going to cost you from sampling costs to shipping costs to actual production costs from a website and e-commerce development standpoint? What's it going to cost you to design the website, host the website, to launch the website from a photography and videography standpoint? What is it going to cost you to shoot your products so that you have them available on your website and create content, connect with the right types of people to create content so that you can promote your initial campaigns and have regularly occurring content on your social media platforms. Look at your marketing and your advertising costs. How much is it going to take you from all the different platforms, whether you're advertising on Facebook, whether you're doing organic marketing, whether you're doing influencer marketing, or whether you're creating Google ads, all of these things are going to tally up in order to result in your finished and your final marketing costs. These are going to be things that you have to take into account because they also will inform your pricing strategy. Last but not least is going to be your business and your registration fees. Sure, you don't have to go all in when it comes to this, but at least you need to have the basics. You need to have a entity registered in order to set up a bank account, and you need to have your basic trademarking down, especially with your brand name. The last thing that you want to do is set up a brand name and be unaware 
that this same name is registered and trademarked with another entity two, three years down the line when you've actually achieved some level of success, they come after you and they force you to either pay out or to completely change your name altogether. Once you've tallied up all of these costs, you should have a rough figure in your mind of what the total budget to launch this initial collection is going to be. And my recommendation would be be conservative with your budgeting. Add an extra 10 to 15% and plan for the worst. If that budget is able to match what it's going to cost you to create your minimum viable product, then you're clear to go ahead into the next step. Number six, coupled with the knowledge of your minimum viable product and the fact that your budget is able to match that, it's time to go ahead and create a basic line sheet of your initial collection. I would recommend designing two collections in advance for reasons that I'll discuss in a future episode. But create a line sheet and your line sheet should include what is the type of product? Is it a t-shirt? Is it a long sleeve? What is the gender of the product? What are the colorways that you wish to launch? Is it a single color? Is it two colors? What is the fabric that you wish to use in this product? You may not have a 100% clear understanding of the fabric, but you may know that you wish this fabric to be a synthetic fabric that has a functional finish on it. Create your full line sheet and provide basic features of each product. Know how each product integrates and interacts with the other products in your overall line sheet. By doing this, you're clear to go into the next step, which is going to be your design development phase. One thing I want to note about having a full line sheet that most people don't speak about is that for the first time, you're able to look at your initial collection from a bird's eye view. And don't underestimate how much power that's going to give you to make key decisions. You may see that certain products are repeated unnecessarily. You may notice that you have one or two too many leggings that you don't need. And you may notice for an initial collection of eight to 10 pieces, that's a lot of leggings. That may allow you to make a decision towards how you allocate your resources effectively so that you can get the maximum return on your investment. Step seven, now that you've created your line sheet, it's time to get designing. When it comes to designing, there's key tools that I like to use in order to gather information, to sketch my concepts, to actually create a render visual that I'm able to see and what product I plan on launching, and then a final tech pack that I'm ready to send to the factory. I love to use Pinterest just to get ideas, to see what's out there. Pinterest is going to give you a lot of ideas and give you concepts that you may have never thought of before. You can create your own private boards, pin different details. You can print fabric details, you can pin trim details, packaging details, so you can actually segment your mood boards based on each section of what you want to design. Then it's time to sketch. Basic sketches are going to allow you to get your ideas out of here onto paper, and you're going to be able to begin to iterate on this. I love to use Procreate. Procreate is very simple, much more efficient than drafting on pen and paper. You're just able to prototype very quickly with minimal effort. You can use bases that you find on the internet, trace over them, and add your custom unique touches to them. Once you go from your sketches, move into your 3D prototype develop. This is not a necessary phase. You can actually take your sketch and create a technical fascial fat on Adobe Illustrator, then move into your final tech pack. Your final tech pack should have your fabric recommendations, the core colorways that you're going to use. You're also going to want to have a basic sizing guide that informs the factory on how you plan on creating your measurements. From there, you're going to want to have some form of fitting guide. Let's look at a t-shirt, for example. How is the factory going to fit your garment? You want to include a flat on there that has core measurements. And I've done a ton of videos in the past that I highly recommend you check out, but just know for something like a t-shirt, 
you have your neck width, you have your center back, you have your sleeve length, you have your chest width, you have your waist width, you have your bottom half width, you have your cuff opening width. So each garment is going to bring with it a slew of new measurements to conceptualize. So make sure that you are including these customized measurements and include the specific size that that one technical drawing you're including is actually based in. You also want to include your colorway schedule showing the different combinations of colors. You also want to include any packaging that you have attached to that specific garment. So a t-shirt may have a printed neck tag. It may have a care label that has the composition on it, the country of origin, your logo on it, the washing instructions. If you have a hang tag, you'll want to include that in the pack. And that's pretty much it from a tech pack standpoint. Also, in order to help you guys out, I've included our custom fit design based layout tech pack in the description below. So you guys can have something to work off of when you're creating your own unique tech packs. And when you do create your unique tech packs, make sure to tag me on Instagram and show me what you made. I'd love to see it. Our Instagram is at fitdesign. So knock yourselves out. Number eight, now you have what you need in order to actively engage a supplier and actively start to make your products happen. There's a ton of different places in order to meet suppliers. You have the internet and you have in-person. A great place to start, honestly, and it does get a bad rap, is going to be Alibaba. The reason that people have very bad experiences on Alibaba is not because these suppliers are bad. It's because the material that these people are handing over to these suppliers is horrible. Chances are you might have worked with a supplier from Alibaba in the past and you found it very, very difficult in order to communicate what you want. You're sending them images you're sending text to them and you're just not finding that what you want is being actually translated into the finished garment. That's because what you're putting into the system is not what the system wants. What you need to be able to provide to them is a clear and concise tech pack with all the details that I just mentioned before. And if you do that, you're going to find yourself in a much better position with a higher response rate from the people that you actively go out and actually message. If you can afford it and if your budget allows for it, I would highly recommend you go out in person and meet suppliers. There are a ton of different events from across the world that you can go out, meet suppliers, negotiate with them, get to know them in person, and just build meaningful relationships that are going to allow you to have just a much better integration overall. If you're in the US, Magic Las Vegas is a great option for you. If you're in Europe, ESPO is a great option for you. And if you're in the Eastern parts of the world, then the Canton Fair is also a great option for you to go out, meet suppliers. From there, it's time to create a prototype and to move into your development phase. Typically, a prototyping phase is going to take around two, three weeks. My recommendation for you would be to ask them to send over a picture on a mannequin or on a model in the specific size that you asked for before they ship it out. That way, if there are any mistakes, you can correct it before it ships out, before you lose any time and potentially any money on that sample. From there, they'll ship it out to you. The first thing you need to do is you need to be able to give constructive feedback if possible. Be specific about what changes you want to make. Once you have that, if you feel ready to go into a bulk production order. So when I say ready, I mean the fabric acceptable. Is the workmanship great? If there are any miniature or minor sizing adjustments, then that can be made as you go into bulk production because they're going to be giving you another sample regardless. That's called the pre-production sample. Pay your deposit and go into your batch production. Batch production is going to take around one to two months depending on the availability of fabric and the overall order quantity and specifically the time of year that you plan on ordering it. Moving forward, you'll be waiting to receive your pre-production sample. This should be received basically done in its finished format. They should ship it to you, you confirm it, and you give them the green light to go into your bulk production. Once bulk production is done, they'll give you a final packing list that has all of the revised quantities. And what you might find is that your initial purchase order that you create and send to the factory may vary slightly differently from the finished packing list that they give to Why? Since 
they may have miscalculated the amount of fabric that they're using. If you've purchased 100 shirts, you very well may receive 95 shirts, or you may very well receive 105 shirts, and that will be reflected in the final packing list and in the final invoice that they sent to you, which you'll pay before shipping. When it comes to shipping terms, they're going to offer you different shipping terms depending on the initial quotation. So you're still going to have to factor in into your production cost what you're going to pay in terms of shipping price, in terms of duties, in terms of tariffs. Step nine, you're going to have all available products ready to go and ready to shoot. You want to mount a photography and videography campaign in order to populate your website, which you will be working on in tandem, as well as your social media channels. So you want to have website photography, which is going to be studio photography of the items on a clear white background in certain poses, scenery based photography. If you're a yoga brand, go out into the wilderness and create a scenery and a theme that matches that mood, that environment, select models, connect with models that actively engage your brand. This comes back to your first step of creating the customer avatar and establishing what types of influencers you could potentially work with and would represent the brand well. You need to be able to create content in advance for the first one to two months of your company. The first thing and last thing you want to do is launch a successful marketing campaign, have a ton of photography to start with, and not have a system to continuously replenish your photos, whether it's by actually taking photos beforehand or having a system in place to be grabbing and shooting new content, whether it's user generated or you shoot it in-house with your influencers and with the people that are associated with your brand. You also wanna shoot a videography campaign. Videography campaign can come in so many different shapes and sizes. You can have informative campaigns where you are informing the brands or the customers about what are the core benefits of your products. You can have a cinematic campaign where it's more of an emotional messaging to your customers. You can have a campaign that's more geared towards the community you're trying to build. You can have something that's more informal, showing behind the scenes about the brand, creating more of a in-depth look about what it's like day-to-day -day building this young brand. By doing this, you're able to establish a little bit more rapport with your potential customers and to show them that this is a brand that is worth taking seriously. And sure, you may be small and you may be new, but you're committed to supplying and delivering an excellent service in all areas of the business. Step 10, now it's time to launch your e-commerce website and populate it with your initial collection, initial products, as well as your brand photography. Obviously, you can use a ton of different platforms out there. You can use Wix to create your own website, you can use Shopify, you can use WooCommerce, but in general, make sure that you're creating a simple, aesthetic, functional, straightforward, and to the point website that allows your customers to know what your brand's about, what products you have on offer. It makes it easy for them to follow the channel or the sales channel to land on the website to select the product they want, to browse the details, the technical features, how it fits, to add to cart and to check out to cart seamlessly and efficiently. If you're in the West, make sure you offer as many payment options as you can. Apple Pay, credit card, Amex, Klarna if that's possible. Make it as easy as possible for your customers to make and transact with you. Last but not least is to mount an effective marketing campaign for your customers. And when it comes to marketing, we can speak about this for another 30 minutes, but in general, there's three core types of marketing pieces that I love to put into play and that I recommend to my customers. Number one is to announce. So let your customers understand and find you. Let them know who you are. If you're a new and young brand, chances are they haven't heard of you before. So the first thing you want to do is to build awareness. The second thing you want to do is you want to educate your customers about certain things about your brand when you're going to launch, who your brand is for, what your products are going to be, where to find you. And then step three is going to be to create a call to action and to actively get your customers onto your website to complete the purchase. So 
each of your marketing pieces, whether it's a video, whether it's a photo, whether it's a testimonial, should be aimed at achieving one of these three things, awareness, announcement, call to action. If you made it this far, I have full confidence that you're going to be able to achieve and make this brand a reality. I wish you the absolute best of luck. And if you follow these 11 steps, I guarantee you, you will find yourself with a framework that puts you ahead of 99.999% of people that are actually doing this. Don't just make this a concept in your head. Turn this dream into a physical reality. I believe in you. I know you can make it. And I've seen this work with thousands of brands. This is a framework that I've implemented time and time again. And I've watched people come out with something that they truly believe in. Guys, don't delay dally. The first step towards achieving anything you want is to just take any step. And if you guys want to work with us, you can check out the link in the description. You can work with the design to help you design, develop, produce, market, pretty much everything I mentioned in this episode. If you want to do it on your own, I still believe in you. I know you can make it happen. I wish you the absolute best of luck. If you follow this framework and you come up with something, you want me to see it, tag me on Instagram, tag me on YouTube, wherever it is that you might find fit design. Let me know that you've used our framework and what you've come up with. I'd love to hear from you guys directly from the very bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.